everybody. This is Bunkhouse Bob. And the Worldly War. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, folks, we're heard on more platforms than an Olympic diver. FNX.network, iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. You can't turn a corner without running into one of us, and you'd rather run into me than you would Laura. Ain't that the truth? Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of independent wrestling. You better listen. Welcome to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. The premier podcast of indie wrestling. The greatest thing to happen since War of the Worlds in like 1938, which I wasn't around then. Or the family <laughs> gathering around the radio for listening to the Waltons, you know, like the Waltons did. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Listen, here's a little known fact. I can rap <laughs> almost anything, Okay. I can yeah, but nobody says you got to be the Fresh Prince, okay? And the lovely Laura. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to your town, and I'm going to beat the crap out of your top guy, and I'm going to walk out of here with this spell. Hey everybody, what's going on? You're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. My name is The Bunkhouse Bob, and I am the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century. Folks, this is episode 287 of the program, and we thank you very much for your continued support. We thank you for tuning in tonight, whether you listen as we do this thing live, like we do every week, or whether you catch us on any major podcast platform, and especially go over and check us out at www.fnx.network. A lot of great content, I say it every week, available to you on the network. Make sure that you go over and check it out. And by the way, this network, quote unquote network, does not charge a subscription fee. So it's free. Go over and check out fnx.network. While you're doing that, please go over to www.prowrestlingtees.com. While you're there, type FNX Network up in the search bar, and there are a couple of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show shirts that you can purchase and give away as a holiday gift this year. We would appreciate your support. Coming up at uh, 7.30 tonight, we're going to have Mr. Dennis Taylor on the program. He's with Squared Circle Sirens, and he is with Queens of Combat. And we're going to talk some women's wrestling, some big news in the world of women's wrestling came down the pipe today, and I'm sure we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Uh, The other thing that I would remind everybody of is that if you have a question, a comment, a critique, or a criticism about a guest or a commentary that you have heard on this program, you can always email us at askthearmory at gmail.com, and I've got a funny, funny feeling that after a couple of the commentaries that you'll hear tonight that we'll probably get an email or two, but... uh, Coming in faster than Paige running around ringside looking for some water to remove the green mist from her eyes is the other co-host of this program, the lovely Laura. Laura, how are you? I'm all right, Bob. How about you? 
I I am good. I am good. There's um, eh, how should I put this? There is a lot to unpack out of the shenanigans that have occurred in wrestling this week. We'll put it like that. Oh, I'll say, I'll say. Yeah, there, there's there's quite a few things that are going on, but uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. How are you tonight? How's your world, your life? I am tired, Bob. I'm very tired. You are still under construction with the basement. I know that. We I talked about am. that. Yeah. Yes. Still swinging the hammer. Yeah, I'm hoping to be done uh, this weekend, um, possibly Saturday before the time change because uh, we'll lose an hour of daylight, um, uh, you know, when we fall back this this weekend. But this is like taking over my whole entire life, my whole entire month. Um, I'm running on empty just absolutely worn to a frazzle. Well, you're not actually going to lose an hour. You just you just need to get up an hour earlier and you can gain it back. Doesn't quite work that way when it's like, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but where I live this weekend, the morning lows are going to be like 28 to 31 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, might have to build a little fire to warm the hands. Uh, and while you're warming the hands, you can warm the hearts of the the masses by letting them know where they can reach us at on social media this week. Um, you can follow along with uh, George, uh, the great pumpkin cold, <laughs> at tonight on <laughs> From the Armory. Uh, you can tweet along live with him. Uh, you can tweet along with me, Bob, and our good friend, Dr. Guzzletron, at Circle Sky, at Bob underscore Delph, and at the Gray Lobster, respectively. You can also uh, check us out on Facebook. We have two pages. We have the official page, and we have a fan page. You can also uh, go over to YouTube. And listen to every show uh, from the past three years. Um, it's on there. So check us out on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. On the YouTube. You know what? I, I, I'd forgotten. I almost forgot. Halloween's tomorrow. The Great it Pumpkin. Is. It's the Great. It's the Great Pumpkin. George Coles. Um, That's right. I should have had some spooky music or something, but I I was totally remiss in it because you know here's the thing, you know I live in a rural area, you live in a rural area, uh, we don't get trick or treaters here. Uh, when I when you do, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, I get probably about thirty. Really? Now now when I was growing up, we got like five hundred because everybody knew yeah. everybody back then. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But see, and I've had both sides of the coin, you know, living in the city where it went from the from the time, you know, at one minute before the city said that, you know, beggar's night started till the time you had to, you know, turn the porch light out and lock the door and turn the lights out in the living room. And they still beat on the door. Uh, 
because we ran out of candy to move into right. a rural area, move into this, you know, to a rural area. Although I have neighbors and such, there's not a lot of kids in our neighborhood. We've, we didn't get any trick-or-treaters last year or the year before. And we didn't even, unfortunately, folks, as you get a little older or as I've gotten a little older, we haven't decorated for Halloween. Our focus is on instead of the great pumpkin, George Coles, it'll be the great turkey. Well, that's what we're concentrating on next. But uh, at any rate, lest I digress about Halloween candy and all that other great stuff, um, not uh, not going to get into it. Uh, once you go on and uh, because it's Halloween, George had a Halloween themed trick or treat poll. Why don't you tell what was the poll this week? Uh, George Coles asked everyone in honor of Halloween. Has professional wrestling been a trick or a treat this year? Mm-hmm. So we of course had uh, our we had uh, the choice of trick. Pardon me, the choice of treat, and someone gave me a penny. Yes, the old penny. So, the old penny. Now I mm-hmm. used to get money in uh, trick or treat. You know, when I watched trick or treat, but it was not a penny. It was like you know, fifty cents, a dollar, something like that. Wow, um, I never got anything like that. Yeah, yeah hmm. you know, um, you and I probably are still in our age. But, uh, I can remember when you used to get, like, homemade goodies, like cake and uh, popcorn brownies. balls. And yeah, popcorn brownies. balls, brownies, caramel apples. And, oh, caramel apples. And then some yeah. uh, around here, because Halloween, you know, couldn't get a little cold in the mountains of Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. Some neighbors had hot chocolate and cider. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but you, you don't dare do that nowadays. But again, I don't oh, no. no, you can't do it. Uh, so, treat won by ninety two percent, and then eight yeah. percent of this got a pin. Okay. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think so far this year? I mean, from January one until October thirtieth, has wrestling for you been a, a, a treat or has it been a trick? It sure has been a treat, and, and you'd have to be, again, I can't stand these people that just go on and on. Now, mind you, there are some things that, like, they've announced here recently about this these three judges for this pay-per-view thing between uh, Jericho and uh, Cody, which makes no mm-hmm. damn sense to me, but, uh, you know, that's just one thing, you know, it. it but I'm not going to shit on the whole product or, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, like I said, everybody's got an opinion and that's my opinion. That, that just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not going to sit here and say, WWE fed or I'm going to go watch it. Well then go watch it. I don't care. I'm getting tired of hearing this. Um, we've got so much wrestling on now. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a wrestler. You got, uh, WWE, NWA, Impact, uh, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, uh, you know, NXT, AAW. This is, you know, I, I would have given them anything. Well, but, you know, we didn't have that much, that much wrestling growing up um, because you could watch the AWA and World Class and Mid-South and the NWA and the WWF. And I don't ever remember anybody shitting on products like they do nowadays. We just enjoyed it. 
I, we, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, looking over it now from January one until till today, and I believe I said this on the show. I don't know, a couple months ago, right after or a month ago, right after AEW launched uh, on TNT. Never before in the history of professional wrestling has there been so much professional wrestling available to fans at their fingertips on so many different days of the week, on so many different platforms. Uh, It is a very unique time in professional wrestling. And then we temper that with a lot of the stuff that we see on the Internet. Uh, You know, the big thing right now is posts about, you know, the ratings numbers and, you know, ticket sales and so on and so forth. But just as an all-encompassing view, never before has there been this multitude of choices in professional wrestling. And I, I thought it was kind of odd. And I haven't listened to the whole thing, only listened to about a a two-minute soundbite, three-minute soundbite from WWE's new podcast, the After the Bell deal. And Corey Graves uh, had Seth Rollins on there. And Corey Graves, you know, he he works the he works the language very well. You know, he talks about with Seth Rollins about the WWE universe and a a minority, quote unquote minority, but a very vocal minority that was disappointed in you know Hell in a Cell and so on and so forth. And you know Seth Rollins replies, you know that with everything that's going on in professional wrestling, that he doesn't even know what professional wrestling looks like anymore. And I'm like. Hmm. That's a very interesting, very interesting reply to a a jaded question, because I think a lot of times it's not so much the minority when something's really not right. I mean, granted, we get the uh, we get the daily, you know, smearing of stuff. But when something's really not right, I mean, people are very vocal about it. Wrestling fans are very vocal about it. And uh, I think as we've talked about over the course of this year, have to temper the negativity, just the sheer negativity with either constructive criticism. I don't get this. I, this doesn't make any sense other than, you know, fuck this. I'm not going to watch this shit anymore. You know I mean? That, that That's the one that I get, you know, the most of, you know, I'm just not, I'm not going to watch this shit ever again, which is a lie because we tune in every week. We turn tune in every night. So, I, for me, it's been a treat just for the simple fact of, of so much that that's transpired and, and so much that's went on this year, just by sheer volume and choice. So I'll give it a I'll give it a treat. What uh, what did you see this week? Um, unfortunately, I'm behind on a lot of things. I've not seen any NWA since the first episode because I've been working outside. There's been, you know, bits and pieces of some stuff, and, you know, um, I'm really happy, you know, even though I give the Dawsons a lot of shit, I'm really happy to see them on a national uh, stage like that because they're really a good uh, wrestling heel tag team. Um, It's just incredible uh, to see them, you know, because we've seen them, you know, you see them at WrestleCade. I see them, you know, on the AML cards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's really good to see people that we know in, in this case uh, like this. And um, from what I've seen from the NWA product, it's it's still looking good. And and I think 
I think that is needed in pro wrestling right now. Something different, uh, and a throwback to the old school. And a lot of people won't get it, and a lot of people won't like it. That's okay because, you know, as Paul Heyman has been quoted saying, he doesn't worry about the people who don't like wrestling. He worries hmm. about the people who do or who get it and keeping them as fans. That's that's who he worries about. Um, and I think that's what Billy Corbin is doing, um, is, you know, the old school wrestling fan like me and you who are, you know, longing for something different. It, that's just the whole thing is that when TNA is the best, in my opinion, it was when they were different from WWE. They weren't. They were not trying to compete. They were just saying, "Okay, this is what we have, and it's different. If you like it, it's great." And that, to me, was the driving factor: is that this is different, um, and you're not going to compete with Vince McMahon. You're just really not. Um, so, why not? offer something different and i think you know that's the key and i and i i completely agree with you and folks dennis taylor will be joining us here in about 10 minutes or so uh i think the different part of it and and it really struck to me it stood out to me uh during watching the last episode and i've watched all the episodes of the nwa power series uh is the simplicity of what they're trying to present the and and then going back in, in TNA, before we got involved with a bunch of nonsense and shenanigans, the simplicity of the storylines and allowing the characters to just take the ball with a simple story. And the simplest, oldest story in professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, is simply this. I don't like you, you don't like me, and we're going to fight. That's the simplest story in professional wrestling. You have a good guy and you have a bad guy, or you have a good person, you have a bad person, good female, a bad female. I don't like you. You don't like me. You have something that I want, typically a championship, a title, notoriety, whatever it is. That is the simplest storyline. And when you take that and you allow creative people to be creative, magic happens in professional wrestling. That is where the WWE has fallen short in certain aspects. You know, they think that, Fans, wrestling fans, need complex, complicated stories where the fans are so smart that the lines have to be blurred. And now we're talking about, I don't know, yeah, we're talking about sex addicts on TV and we're talking about, you know, who, who's, who's responsible for this. And, you know, I'm over because I put you over and we're using smart terms to a casual fan audience. And sometimes it works. And sometimes it doesn't, uh, but most of the time it's been missing the mark. And what gets lost when we do that is the artists themselves get lost in trying to put over a story that makes no sense at all. And creatively it gets stagnant and in the ring it shows. And that's, that's kind of where I, I see it. Um, you know, and, we, and, and this can happen not only at the WWE level, but it can happen at the AEW level because, you know, we had a little back and forth again about, Jim Cornette and Orange Cassidy. And again, on this show, and you and I have talked about this great. Jim is a great wrestling historian. 
a great mind for the business. Jim's problem is is that he takes he takes language. He he basically he takes things to a degree where you know I'm right, you're wrong, and that's that's it. In the case of what he's talking about with Orange Cassidy about the fan tuning in for the first time to AEW on TNT that is not a fan of independent wrestling hasn't you know hasn't followed it doesn't know Orange Cassidy's gimmick his shtick and you turn it on and you see this dude do you know these little shin kicks to the young bucks and you're thinking to yourself what in the hell is this guy doing what what the hell is this this makes no sense to me you know and without some type of a backstory to it it it's an inside joke nobody gets the joke except for the people that are hardcore fans a casual fan will turn it on like i don't get this and maybe they'll you know maybe they'll tune it out or maybe they'll stick around and try to find something more out about it but you know i i think uh you know a lot of it's just in the in in the presentation you know the the the, the creative presentation to me does that sound sound reasonable to you uh, it, it certainly does um, you know, Jim has a lot of um, valid points about wrestling, but you know, I I just don't understand his. You know, uh, it's like, can you not go on 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 and on? Yes, we know you hate Joey Ryan, um, but I mean, let it go. Well, yeah, well, if know. he doesn't like it, it automatically turns into an outlaw mud show, and then fans try to defend oh. it, and he tells them, you know, quit running your dick liquor at me. I don't want to hear it, you know, and and it becomes disparaging, you know, to fans, and it's like, you know, I may not like Orange Cassidy, or I may may like him, or I I may not like comedy wrestling, or, you know, and and my whole thought on it was is this, you know, for a guy that that is so hard against. Comedy wrestling. Said said you, you said it, and I agree with you. For for a guy that's so hard against comedy wrestling, he, in a sense, was a comedy manager. You take away, let's let's go this route. You take away the athleticism of the guys that he represented, Eaton and Lane. You know, the Midnight Express and Big Bubba Rogers, and you know, a handful of others. How much money did Jim Cornette actually draw on his own? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I. It's hard to quantify that they were a package team, you know, and, and the and the payoff, the payoff for any Midnight Express match was to see Jim Cornette get waylaid and flop around in the ring like a fish, you know, or drop from a scaffolding, you know, or suck his thumb or or whatever. Is, is that not a form of comedy? Because who in their right mind is going to climb up the scaffold to get out underneath of it to you know? To hold on for dear life, I'm not. I wouldn't even climb up it to begin with. Right. I mean, the fantastic shoved his uh, face in a cape. Um, it behooves it, it, it me. It's, it's like the people who, you know, it's almost like well, it's the way I did it, and I didn't want. To, I don't want anybody else to do it, so I won't shit on it. Yeah. And you're like. Well, it's a head scratcher, huh? Right, and, and then it and then it turns into a shit fest when he you know starts you know 
telling people, you know, on Twitter, fuck you. And, you know, it, it just, it goes from zero to 11 in a tweet, you know, and that's just him. I mean, that, that is him. That is absolutely him. That is absolutely him. Want to uh, go on and get to this breaking news, and then we're going to uh, to get Dennis on the phone because I know that he's anxious to uh, to get this interview rolling. It was announced today, or at least I saw it today, that at Crown Jewel this year, one of the big complaints, one of the chief complaints of Crown Jewel, has been that there have not been any women allowed to perform in Saudi Arabia. It was announced today that Lacey Evans and Natalia will compete in the first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. The event is being held at the King Fahd International Stadium in Riyadh. Uh, it will air on the WWE Network. The pre-show begins at noon, the main card starting an hour later. I'll be interested to know, we're interested to find out where in the card uh, these ladies are. I thought it was very interesting. The WWE put out a couple of videos getting their reactions. In a rare break of character, Lacey Evans went on to say about uh, how thrilled she is to have the opportunity, you know, to make history. Um, I'll be anxious to see how this is presented. Uh, there are a lot of, and we've talked about this before, a lot of cultural differences that are involved. A lot of people are like, you know, oh, this is, you know, the WWE. Listen, folks, the Saudi Arabian government, the arts and entertainment aspect of the government is paying for them to come in to put on the show. The WWE is not going to do anything culturally to rock the boat in this very lucrative deal. So if the, exactly. if, the if the Saudis are saying, you know, this is not, uh, this is not what uh, part of our culture or part of what, what we do good, bad, or indifferent of what we think as Americans, the WWE is not going to do anything to rock the boat. I, very interested. To, I'm sure it'll come out at some point in time how this all came to be, but uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that in a little bit. If I have this right, because I know I know he's been holding for a minute. I know he's anxious. We're anxious to have him on. We actually were supposed to have Dennis on a couple of weeks ago, and the server failed at Blog Talk Radio, and we couldn't get the show going and all that other good stuff. But made a promise, made a commitment to have Dennis back on the program. And if I have this correct. We would like to welcome to the program Mr. Dennis Taylor. Dennis, are you there? I am here. Hello, friends. <laughs> How are you tonight? I am wonderful. It is a nice rainy day here in Richmond. But other than that, it is just dandy. How are y'all? Good. We're doing doing I'm doing good. Laura, are you doing good? I am doing wonderful now that Dennis has joined us. I feel honored. I'm so honored to Honored to have yeah. you on the program. We're honored. Uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit about the announcement of Natalia facing Lacey Evans at Crown Jewel. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so I think this ultimately comes down to how you feel about WWE performing in Saudi Arabia. Um, I really understand the frustration, concern, issue that people have with this event happening in general. Um, that is not to say that the government is great over there or not doing things that aren't incredibly concerning, is the word I'll use. Um, but there's no denying that this is a big moment for the women, um, to have two women competing in Saudi Arabia on an event that was pretty much told last year absolutely not. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really big deal. I think Natalia and Lacey Evans are great performers. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see 
how their gimmicks are in Saudi Arabia. I'm interested to see how everything just comes together. Um, and I'm just interested to see, like you kind of mentioned just a little bit ago, how it's presented. Um, really interested to see where that goes. Yeah, I, I, I am as well. I'm. Do you um, do you feel that? Uh, and let me let me back up. Let me rephrase this. What do you think, Dennis, was the catalyst behind allowing? And and I'm using the word allow. Folks have to understand that allowing this match to take place at all. What do you think the catalyst was? I think there is a big piece of the WWE universe that pushed this forward. Um, I think whether or not it is people's thought that this is WWE trying to appease the universe by saying that there's a women's match on this card, I think there's no denying that most, if not all, women's wrestling fans would much rather see Evolution 2 than just a women's match on a Crown Jewel card. Um, but I think that this is a very big way to still try to say that the women are important to WWE, even if that may or may not be the case. Um, mm-hmm. I've read a lot of people having really strong opinions on the fact that it's Lacey Evans and Natalia, and a lot of underhanded comments of who it should have been or why is it not this person, and I think we need to get past that mindset. Um, I really think there is this big piece of – it is impossible to appease every single women's wrestling fan out there. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. will ever do it. Um, but with that being said, I think this is still a way to stand by the WWE universe that the women are equal. Um, I think it's a small step. I don't think it is the greatest move they've ever made, but nonetheless, I think it is important for women's wrestling. Um, like I said, it, it's going to be a big history making moment. These are the first two women to compete in Saudi Arabia inside wrestling. That's a big deal. Absolutely. You know, Dennis, we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago about what is fair to report on and what is not. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on this and perhaps what the philosophy is of at least at Squared Circle Sirens. And when I'm talking about what's fair to report on, obviously reporting on signings is always a huge deal but more along the lines of personal issues. I mean, we've seen it come out to light over the course of this past year, uh, people talking about mental health issues or talking about uh, leaked pictures, leaked videos. What, what's really fair to report on? Wow, um, that's a very heavy question. I think it's very different where you are. Um, so I'm going to focus on what Sport Circle Sirens does, and so at least from my aspect want to be mm-hmm. very, very clear. I am not the ultimate head of Squared Circle Sirens. That is Casey, and I never want his job because I think he's brilliant and has way too many connections that I'll never have in my life. Um, with that being said, I think what comes fair to report comes down to what your audience is and what you care about. Um, at Squared Circle Sirens, we are really big on wanting to promote the women um, in a positive light. And let's be very clear, that's not to say that we all find every women's wrestler to be super positive because we all might have our own personal opinions. Um, but when it comes down to the site, it's all about what do they really want Um, what is beneficial to them, but also at the same time noticing that what are the people who are reading want us to report on. 
Um, and so I think signings is one of the really big ones that I think Red Circle Science has done a lot of and being the first to report a lot of signings that are happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to the timing of those and where that comes in. We never want to jeopardize someone's contract because it gets out way too early or whatever that case may be. And that's for any company, um, not just WWE. I think it's something that we want to be able to give the women a spotlight that they haven't necessarily had before. And so we've done a lot of interviews. We've done a lot of sit-down talks with women, especially on the independent scene, um, which we're really proud of because we think that a lot of companies haven't necessarily done that or really mm-hmm. given the independent women's wrestling scene a focus like it deserves. Um, and so being able to sit down with them and doing those things, it's really been a lot of focus on what do you want to get across in this um, because we just want to give you the platform to be able to do that. Um, I think for the most part, we've really stayed away from the ultra personal gossipy side of this. Um, we're not ones to talk about leaks pictures on the site unless if it's a woman's response trying to you know whatever they want to say that they might not have gotten the chance to say Um, but it's more of our focus on wanting to be reputable Um, I think Casey has done an incredible job of releasing stories that have been accurate but I think the key thing is is recognizing when there's a mistake or recognizing when all of the information might not be there. And so um, I think we've also done a really good job of when there's been an issue correcting it um, or, you know, if waiting for that full information to come out a little bit later um, has been a key thing of what I think has made Squared Circle Sirens reputable. You know, one of the issues that has come up to the forefront this year, and unfortunately due to the, result of uh, some deaths of of friends within the wrestling community with the wrestling family has been the issue of mental health. And our stance here has always been is that if a guest has publicly acknowledged it or talked about it on social media, then we might include it. But do you feel that others are just digging for stories or money clickbait? And how how does that affect the sources that you rely on? I mean, are they not so willing to talk about things? That's a really great question. Um, I think the answer is absolutely. I think there are people who are clickbaiters. Um, and there is a litany of ones that I could get everybody to Twitter at me and tell me their personal <laughs> stance on it, right. um, which I don't need that in my mentions. Um, right. If you have an issue with the wrestling site, you can at Chris Riddle. Um, It's my personal place to go to. Um, But with that being said, I think there's a lot of people who are doing this for the sake of wanting to be famous themselves or wanting to be at the quote-unquote forefront of news when really they don't know anything. Um, And so with that, I think, kind of looping this back to your mental health question, we really leave that in the hands of whoever that person is. Um, We're all really big proponents of mental health support and advocacy. And there are some people who, you know, are big proponents of talking about it. And so I think about somebody like Tara Calloway doing something with dropkick depression and, and her, you know, 
her work towards that has been a really key thing to her and important to her. And so, of course, we're going to talk about it because it's something that's important to her that she wants to talk about, that she wants to get out there, that has been a huge support to the wrestling community. Um, And so it really comes down to that individual person and really is it relevant to the conversation? Because Mm. if we're talking about somebody becoming a champion in XYZ promotion, I'm not going to necessarily sit there and run down their mental health history in the article when the focus is on them becoming a champion. And so I think it's really contingent on what we're talking about here um, and what that person wants to be. I think we often get wrapped up in this idea that professional wrestlers are public figures and everything's fair game to talk about. And we don't necessarily feel that way. Um, And so for us, it's much more of a what is it for you and what do you want to talk about? Um, We've had some really big things and and big moments that a lot of wrestlers have opened up on in our individual interviews are really taking us to a new level that we didn't think we would talk about in certain interviews. Um, But if it goes there, it goes there. But that's in their hands, not ours. Um, And clickbaiters are trash. That's my final opinion on that. Um, (laughs) There are plenty of them. Right. Um, and they're really problematic. And what's unfortunate yeah. is, is that especially Twitter gives them a platform to thrive. Um, and it's really unfortunate um, because there are many a times that we have a slip to sirens group chat and we're like, look at what this person's saying today. Um, mm. And so it's really unfortunate. And it, I think that it really just sees what a lot of really great wrestling journalists want to do and want to support the people that are doing great things for our entertainment. Um, We would agree with you 100%. Moving away from the shallow end of the gene pool, uh, Squared Circle (laughs) Sirens was recently cited by ESPN and the Mel Cervantes story about signing with MMA company Combat America. What What does this type of recognition do? for Squared Circle Sirens, and how do you build on that? Oh, my goodness. Um, we, like, fangirled over it in the group chat. I won't even, like, downplay it. Casey's probably going to kill me for saying this. Um, I know he's listening, so I'm sorry, Casey. You're probably subtweeting about this right now. My bad. Um, <laughs> but, like, it was a really big deal. Right, um, it was. I think that it gave a lot of validation to a lot of the work that we've done. Um, another big moment was um, Estonia DeVille being in the Pride Parade we had reported, and that was actually featured on Total Divas. It was incredible. Um, and I just want to emphasize the importance and the hard work of Casey. I don't think a lot of people really know what all he does and, and the platform that he's given a lot of people um, and the, the work that he does to get factual information um, and not just sit here for a clickbait click. Um, And so it really legitimizes the work that we've done. And so being able to see that happen on an even larger platform was a really big day. And the Squared Juggle Sirens is Casey's child. Um, He cares about that site so much and he cares about reporting on the women and he cares about the women feeling like they have a space to be able to share their story whenever that may be. Um, And so it was a really big moment, I think, to kind of capitalize on that has, again, been this focus of 
we're not here to make a whole bunch of money off of a site with a bunch of ads. If you go on the site right now, you're not going to be bombarded with 50 pop-up ads that we're making 10 cents off of each. Um, (laughs) We're really focused on getting out accurate information, giving a platform to women who deserve it. Um, And so we're not necessarily posting a story every single day, but we're posting stories that matter. We're posting stories that give the platform. And I think that that is what truly legitimizes the work that's been done. Let's switch gears for a minute and travel to NXT. Let's talk about Shayna Baszler's year plus reign as NXT women's champion. Why do you believe, oh, you're welcome. Why do you believe that they've held the title on her this long? And whom do you feel is the woman to end this run? I just had a two-hour phone conversation with Sierra Reed about this last night. Um, So I promised him to make this two hours. Um, (laughs) With that being said... I, we actually posted about something about this on the site of Shayna Baszler hitting the one-year mark, and what are people's comments on that? And I, being the person that I am, decided to read all of them, um, which was a mistake on my part. Uh, I think they have kept the title on Shayna Baszler for so long because I think there is actual value in the idea of the NXT Women's Championship. Um, if we look at the entire NXT Women's Championship history, there have only been so many champions, and they've all had relatively lengthy reigns. It's been an ordeal to be at the top of the NXT Women's Division. And what I really think that this position has created with Shayna Baszler is two things. One, it shows that she's at the top of an absolute stacked division. I think Mm -hmm. the NXT women's division is one of the best women's divisions out there. I want to be very clear. I don't think they necessarily got the opportunity to truly shine beyond whoever is the person chasing the title. I think that's changing Mm -hmm. now that it's a two-hour program. Um, But with that being said, they've put this dominant champion as the person to beat. Um, And I think whoever ends up being the person to beat Shayna Baszler is going to get the pop of their lifetime. Um, And I think what Shayna Baszler does is incredible. I read a lot of comments of a lot of people talking about Shayna Baszler being boring or Shayna Baszler not being a great champion. And I could not disagree more. I think Shayna Baszler is dominant in the ring. I think she looks like she is genuinely hurting people. Um, And I think she is an incredible wrestler. Um, And so to watch her reign, albeit maybe not the most exciting reign we've ever seen because it's not full of spots and full of, you know, this long-standing challenger for her, I think it really has built her as a dominant force of NXT. To answer your second question, um, I think the person, my, my original thought was I actually thought Candice LeRae would be the one to beat Shayna Baszler. Um, I really did. I thought it was Candice's time, and I would have been mm-hmm. all aboard that ship. Um, but now my money is on Tony Storm. Um, while she has not officially been in NXT yet, um, there is some rumors going around that she might be popping up on the NXT US brand. And so 
I think she could be the one to beat Shayna Baszler. Um, but all in all, I'm really okay with Shayna's title reign. I'm really okay with it going even longer. Um, I think that Shayna is a great wrestler and makes her opponents look like a million bucks. Um, and so I am all aboard the Shayna Baszler train. I agree with you 100%. Very valid points, indeed. Uh, Laura's going to have some questions, some more specific questions for you about Queens of Combat. But I wanted to know, Dennis, in your opinion, what separates Queens of Combat from a promotion such as Shine or a Rise type of promotion? Wow. Um, That's really hard because I've now gotten to a point of working with Queens of Combat, and so I think my perception is very different. Um, But I think what makes Queens of Combat stand out is its care and development of giving people chances. Um, I think that there have been many a times where women who may or may not, you know, have their name all over the place are getting a chance at Queens of Combat and truly shining. Um, I think the big difference in all of it and, if you edit this out later, just keep it between us. Um, it's Zane Riley. Um, I will never hear this down that I said this publicly, um, but I, Zane Riley cares. Um, he's wonderful. Maureen, wonderful. Um, and even though Maureen's not officially involved, um, she's always there to support. And it's because of the fact that there's just a level of care. Um, and allowing women to do what they want to do. And, yeah, there's stories, and, yeah, there's build-up, but it allows the women to truly be them, and the women are great. Um, Every uh, locker room I've been a part of, the women are absolutely incredible. Um, And so I I just think that level of care, really allowing women to do what they want to do and shine in their own light is something that makes Queens of Combat truly different. Well, we uh, we're very familiar with Zane and Maureen, and no, we won't edit it out. And yes, you will have to hear about it from now to the end of time. Dang it. So, yeah, Dang there's it. that. Laura, go ahead. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Dennis. I sure did, and here I am. <laughs> you know, I saw from your profile photo that you participated in an escape room. And I've wanted to do one of those for so long. So what are they like? Oh, my God. I love escape rooms. I'm so excited that we're talking about this. Um, So I actually work in an escape room as, like, my side job. So if you're ever in Richmond, you might see me working at an escape room. Um, But they are a thing that me and my best friend really got into. Um, We are nerds, and we like puzzles, and I would rather pay $25 to be a part of a puzzle than watch a movie. Um, And so that's what we do. Um, I've done about a 130 escape rooms. It's really, really bad. My number is, like, ridiculous. Um, But, yeah, I have a magnifying glass tattooed on my wrist. It's my best friend tattoo with my best friend in escape rooms. Um, They're super great if you haven't done them. This is a wrestling podcast, but I totally will support any escape room purchase that you make. Um, And so you should totally go do it. It's wonderful. They're super, super fun. Highly recommend I, I, I do want to do one, and I thought, oh, gosh, I'm going to ask him because I've not really talked to anyone about them, uh, but they seem to be a really popular thing nowadays, so I'm going to have to put that on my uh, to-do list uh, for coming. Okay. Or maybe my, 
New Year's resolution list? Look, I've done them all across the state, so if you need recommendations, you let me know. I uh, certainly will. I certainly will. And um, I, I got a question from the, the uh, uh, you know, guy who you send all the, the, uh, the problems from the website to. <laughs> Um, You know, how did you get your ring snake? Oh, my gosh. Chris Riddle, I hate you. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) let's talk about how this happened. So (laughs) I was actually in a small chat about doing commentary for Queens of Combat in January. I was super, super excited about it. Um, I really am just a women's wrestling fan. I know that that sounds kind of pretentious, um, but I really don't pay attention to men's wrestling. I I don't. Um, And so for me, Queens of Combat was always kind of the goal of something that I really wanted to do. And so they were in Charlotte. And so Chris Riddle's birthday was the weekend before, or like a, like the day before. It was over that weekend. And so I decided to go to Chris Riddle's birthday. And so I'm hanging out, and one of our dear friends, Chastity Taylor, is also there. And so we are chatting, and Chastity and I just kind of hit it off because we had new each other because I had seen her wrestle played the year before and so me and her just started like you know sharing stories and I absolutely adore Chastity Taylor she is a gem and so I started joking that clearly Chastity and I are identical twins um you know we're totally the same height same hair um I will not say same weight because I will not be disrespectful to her um, but I started joking around that we were clearly twins and I might as well just have the last name Taylor. And so we started joking ah. and calling the Taylor twins at the end. Well, then the next day they actually come to Queens too. And so they're sitting there and for a long time, I had thought about this idea of like, I should really kind of change my name and just do something a little different. Um, and so we kind of joked about this idea. Well, then I'm sitting at the commentary table, not really thinking much about it, and Thing turns to me and goes, so what's your commentary name? And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, Dennis Taylor. And we just ran with it. Um, and so <laughs> it is my own to Chastity Taylor, and how I just want to be her when I grow up. Um, first of all, she's hair goals. Second of all, she's like the sweetest person you'll ever meet in your life. Um, and it really started as a joke, but now it's kind of stuck. And so it's a thing I told her. I was like, thanks for letting me steal your name. I really appreciate it. Um, so that's totally how it came about. That, that's hilarious. That's a good um, one. Oh, yes. Chastity Taylor is also one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, one reason is that she uh, grew up in the same town that I live in. Uh, so... She's the best. She really is, and I know some of her relatives. So you just have to understand the little bitty town that we're both from to understand how incredibly it's such such a small world uh, that, you know, she's from Lillow Freeze, Virginia. But I digress. Um, You know, we were talking about Queens of Combat just a little bit ago. Um, so I'm just curious, how did that position with Queens of Combat come about? How did you start, you know, on commentary for them? 
Yeah. Um, so this is another person who's going to kill me for saying their name on this, but if I'm being honest, and they're really going to kill me for saying this, every wrestling opportunity I've ever had um, is because of one person, um, and they are going to kill me when they find out that I'm now, like, professing my love for them. Um, it is almost entirely because of Faye Jackson. Um, so okay. Faye and I... I love Faye so much. Um, she is a very dear friend of mine. Um, we hit it off, and we literally started back and forthing on Twitter one day, and then I decided to show up to a Ring of Honor show um, when she was still with Women of Honor, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm coming to the show. Casey made me go to the soccer stadium to watch Ring of Honor, um, and I met Faye in person, and me and her just hit it off. And so every opportunity has truly been because Faye Jackson has backed me up. Um, and so Faye actually talked to Zane at the end of WrestleCade last year and said, hey, my friend Dennis does commentary. Like, you should totally look at him. He focuses on women's wrestling, all of this stuff. And Zane was like, all right, we'll give him a shot. Um, and so in January, I went to Queens and – gave it my best, and then Zane said, all right, so you're coming back. And I said, okay, cool, and it hasn't stopped since. Um, and I will tell you I love it. Um, one, I've gotten to work with Faye a lot and to be able to work with someone who I consider to be a best friend um, is really exciting. Um, but she is single-handedly the reason why I got this Queens of Combat opportunity. Um, she has been a huge support for me, and I don't know why, because she's way better than I'll ever be. Um, but with that being said, it's really because of her. Um, and so started there, and, and since then, the wheels just kind of been rolling. Um, there's been more opportunities to do more things with them, and I have loved every single minute of every single show that I've been a part of. And even before that, I've always wanted to be able to work with Queens of Combat. So it's super, super exciting to be able to reach, honestly, genuinely one of my goals. We, I saw you at the gathering. That was the first time I'd seen you uh, at, at Queens, and uh, you did a, a great job, I thought. Thank you. Um, it was super exciting. Um, it was a big moment that they were like, all right, Dennis, you're going to do this. And I was like, let's do it. Um, and it's been really, really fun um, to work with all of the girls, but um, in particular recently, Diamante, Tasha Steele, two of my absolute favorites in the ring. Um, so it's been really, really exciting to work with them. Most, most definitely. And, with talking about Queens of Combat, what do you say to people who still say that women shouldn't have standalone shows, that that women's matches are quote-unquote special attractions and should only have two matches at the most on a male-dominated card? You shouldn't show up to a wrestling show. That's what I say. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, I... It blows my mind that people still say this. Like, wake up. It's 2019. Women's wrestling is here, and it's better than it's ever been before. Get off of your high horse. I 
don't have time to listen to you talk about, you know, your favorite all the time and pretend that my favorite doesn't matter. Um, I don't have time or energy for that. I think the women have been incredible. Um, the just, I, I've made a lot of friends and watching them succeed and watching them do things better than men um, and getting these opportunities, they are so incredible. I mean, just sheer athleticism of the women that I've been able to see is unparalleled. Um, and so I think that those people are the same people who then get upset when a women's wrestling fan says that they're there for women's wrestling. Um, and so it's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, you don't get to sit right. and tell me that only men should be on a card. And then when I tell you only women can, that I'm just wrong. No, maybe you're wrong. As a matter of fact, you are wrong. It's not even a maybe you are. Um, and so <laughs> it's one of those things that I, and I think what Queens has done and, and what Queens has had to stand up to I mean, you know, when we were at RallyCon, like, there were people there. Like, they were watching, and they were actively watching. And, like, we have these moments. These women are doing incredible things. I just – I don't have time for that nonsense anymore. It's kind of like the equivalent of eating a cookout tray. Like, I just don't know why you do it. No, you didn't. <laughs> I do always felt like Yes. An explanation. Cha-ching. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. This Two to one today, Laura. Two to one today. Why in the world do you not like cookouts? Because if I wanted to microwave food for a dollar, I would <laughs> do it in my home. <laughs> Dennis, I'm going to have to rethink this whole thing. I I (laughs) would think you, because this is just, that's tantamount to treason. Don't act like you don't still love me. It's fine. We all love each other in a weird cookout (laughs) world. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) 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 (
Um, I got my glasses from LensCrafters. They're Ray-Bans. They're really great. Fun fact, they're in the sunglasses section, which is why people can't find them. That's my hidden gem secret, is you find oh. the sunglass section and ask them to put in regular glasses. It's great. <laughs> I do. The first time I ever saw you, I was like, oh, my God, those are the best glasses I've ever seen in my life. Um, Thank you so much. So love them. And I do want to tell you that Chris Riddle has – sent me a text message that says, this is Slander, the Golden Girls of uh, Chris Riddle, myself, Chastity, and and Amber uh, will deal with the boys at WrestleCade. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. <laughs> um, I am ready for that. Um, WrestleCade is my favorite weekend of the year. Um, mm. And so I will happily see you there. And when I go get real food and not want to hate myself by eating fuck out, we'll be just fine. <laughs> count me in. I have one last question, but I do have something to uh, tell you from Chris Riddle. It's kind of a segue into my question. He just wants to thank you for being responsible for giving him the inspiration to get officially in the business and do commentary, and that he will still be sending his medical bill to you. No, that child of God. He wonders every day why I want to kind of side with Pono Kelly. Um, and yeah, he needs to watch himself, Chris Riddle. I ain't got time. Mm. Uh. You well, send my, you send that bill to at if you see Casey, he'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought you and Tom were going to start because, we, you know, when we were going to have you on the show, at first I had put out on Facebook that you were going to get yawn, but unfortunately, Blog Talk had gone down. And Con O'Kelly was like, well, Blog Talk did you a favor. And I'm like, oh, God, that's rude. And um, I, know, he was, I was like, Excuse me, I was letting you live your life and have this little shtick with, like, Chris Riddle. That's fine. But, like, don't drag me into this. Uh-uh. I am not afraid to show up in Gibsonville if I need to. Um, and so, look, we'll leave it there. Yeah, you're just so, just so cantankerous and rude. And speaking of Tom Kelly. Uh, and Chris Riddle, you know, have you ever considered getting involved in a storyline to the, you know, to the depth that they have gotten involved? Um, I think Chris Riddle's crazy for getting dropped out of his neck. Um, no. <laughs> um, let me be clear, though. My running joke has been that I will happily take my Tori Wilson graceful fall bump one day. Um, and so I have joked that when and if Faye Jackson ever were to retire, I would do my one bump in her last match. It's been my running joke. Um, honestly, I have no desire to officially, you know, like do anything super excessive in the ring. Um, I respect the training that these women have gone through because of full transparency. I would never really do anything with a man, but to be clear. Um, and so I'm going to let them be the way better wrestler than I'll ever be. Um, and I'm happy to 
stand on a mic uh, outside or in the center of the ring and break them up. Um, I am happy to do that. Um, but I really honestly am too much of a chicken to take any kind of real bump. I'll own it. Um, and, yeah, so it, it's not been a real focus of mine. I really love being on commentary. I love being able to put over matches. Um, I've had a really fun time getting in the middle of Tasha and Diamante with a mic. Um, it's been some of my favorite moments. But, you know, right. I'm going to let Chris Riddle keep Bella Bustering people, and I'm going to support him and him being great, but I don't think it's for me. Hmm. Gotcha. Very good. Very good. I'm going to put you on the spot, Dennis. I would like okay. for you – I would like for you to give us your top five women currently not signed to a major televised promotion in independent wrestling. This is the most pressure I've had in a really long time. Oh, God. Well, at least I didn't ask you for the number one. I've been giving you five shots. I appreciate that. Okay, so I'm going to go with the first five people that come to mind. I have a lot of people who I think are really incredible. So if I did not say your name, I'm sorry. Please don't hate me too much. Um, I promise I love all of you. I really, really promise. Um, Quick aside, I would say Faye Jackson, but she just texted me telling me to stop talking bad about Cookout, and I don't have time for that. So (laughs) Um, She's off the list. You just got off the list. um, I think the – the first two names that come to mind, um, Chris Statlander. I hmm. think that girl is a star. Um, yes. I think she's so incredible in the ring. Um, I think it's not if, but when. Um, TikTok, anyone, come on. Um, I'm going to say Tasha Steeles. I think hmm. that girl... Let me be clear, Dennis Taylor might not love her in Queen of Combat because she might be causing some problems. Um, but that girl can work, and that girl has so much charisma and is just so damn talented. Um, I just – I really don't understand how she isn't signed already either. Um I'm going to go with Willow Nightingale. I think that's another one who, especially coming back from that big neck injury, is really, really huge. Um, And I'm so excited to see her back in a ring. I love, love, love Willow so much. And I think it's only a matter of time until somebody is looking heavily at her like they should. Um, I feel so much pressure. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say Skylar would be in my top five. Um, She is primarily in the Northeast, but she is super, super, super impressive. Um, And another person who just has an incredible look and works incredibly hard. And um, if you haven't seen the match with her and Chris Statlander for, was it Blitzkrieg? I'm pretty sure it was Blitzkrieg. Um, It was incredible. Um, And so I think that's another one I would put on my list. Um, The fifth spot, I love you all, but the person who comes to mind right now is Hyen. I think she's Hmm. another one who... 
Um, I watched, uh, I've seen live at Queens of Combat a few times, but especially in this seven-person shenanigan match at Shimmer over WrestleMania weekend was super, super impressive. Um, And so I think those are the five, especially of names that don't get talked about as much as they should. Um, Those are the first five that come to mind. But I'm sure there's more, and I love you all, and I'm really sorry. For fans that want to come out and see you, Dennis, uh, in your capacity doing commentary or assisting in wrestling, where are you going to be at coming up? What's the next event for you? Yeah, so the next event is WrestleCade Weekend, um, which is my favorite weekend. So you can come find me, um, check by the bar, um, and <laughs> um, it'll be so much fun. Um, I'll probably be near Faye Jackson and that cookout-loving snob Chris Riddle. Um, so you can find me. Yeah, you heard me, Chris Riddle. You heard me. Um, and so uh, that's super exciting. But the Queen show is on December first. It's that Sunday at noon. Um, and so really excited for that. Um, and then we are back in Charlotte in February at Seaford Hall. Um, which um, really excited because we announced uh, Tess Blanchard versus Diamante at Rescade, which will be incredible because. Diamante is a hell of a champion, and Tessa Blanchard is Tessa Blanchard. Um, And so that'll be incredible. Um, And announced at Hebrew in February will be Diamante and Tasha in a steel cage. And so I am excited to call both of those matches. I think they'll be incredible. So those are my next two. Um, And really excited for both of them. For social media, and this is where you get to plug a little bit of everybody, uh, squared Circle Sirens, Queens of Combat, and of course yourself. Where can people find those entities at on social media? For sure. Um, so Queens of Combat at Queens of Combat. Please make sure you're following them. They're wonderful um, and my favorite place to be. Um, squared Circle Sirens. So especially if you're interested in women's wrestling, especially more on the independent side, we focus a lot on independent names. Um, as well as what's happening in mainstream um, is at SC Sirens, um, and you will find the whole gang there. Um, my personal Twitter is at Dennis underscore SBS for Squared Circle Sirens. Um, so please follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm a riot in a minute and a half, so you can see what else is going on there. Awesome, awesome. Dennis, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to be with us. Um, I know that I'll get to see you at WrestleCade. Perhaps you and I can get some sushi while these other folks are eating reheated hot dogs and and frozen french fries. But you and I will, will, yes, we'll have a little bit better better taste, a little better taste. Thank thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. We had a great time speaking with you. Certainly appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it, and we'll talk with you both soon. Okay. See you at Bye. <laughs> Bye, Dennis. There goes Dennis Taylor, and we'll be back after this brief message. Hey, everybody. Monkhouse Bob. And the lovely Laura. Folks, we've been telling you for the last five years. Five years. 
All the different ways that you can listen to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. You can hear us on www.fnx.network. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. The most important thing is, do you listen? Every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Don't miss it. Great time with uh, with Dennis Taylor. Um, really, a lot of insight, and uh, really liked, really, really liked a lot of his explanations and his answers to the questions. You know uh, about what goes on, what transpires, the thought process at at Squared Circle Sirens, and just him as a person, as an individual. Uh, great. And I, I here's the thing: is that I know of Dennis, and I know that I've seen Dennis, but I don't think. I don't think we've actually met in person. If we have, it was just in passing a hello, but I don't think that we actually knew one another. So I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward yeah. to seeing him. Yeah, yeah. except for the whole thing, I don't know what's wrong with either of you, but um, mm-hmm. you don't. What, okay, first of all, what did you order at Cookout? I'm trying to remember. I think, and the, because it was, I was taken back. First of all, by the you know the picnic tables inside and the clientele, that was those were the two things that stood out to me. Uh, I, I think I ordered the, the clientele, the clientele, the patrons of of said yeah, restaurant. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what clientele means, Bob? But what did you mean by that? Well, it, it, we don't have enough time to get into all that. But um, yeah. what I was. I, th- I think I ordered something simplistic. I think I ordered just like a hot dog meal is what I no. ordered. I, I think it was no. hot dog and front. What are you, what no. are you saying no? What's no? You don't order a hot dog when you go to cookout. You order a hamburger. It's, a, it's, co- it's supposed to be cooked out on the grill. It's supposed to be a grilled dog and, you know, some chili you sauce, order- I think, and some fries. and A hamburger. You order a hamburger yeah. or the chicken quesadilla. Or the corn dolls, or the chicken tenders when you go to cookout. You don't order how do you, damn how do you cook a chicken quesadilla on a grill? It's good. It's yummy, yummy. I don't. Uh, okay. And, then and if, if y'all you say, if y'all don't invite me, I'm gonna be pissed because I love sushi. Well, m- maybe we'll see. It depends on how you act. Uh, huh? Maybe my ass. You better invite me to go get some sushi. <laughs> Obviously, we've been talking about Wrestlecade peppered here and there throughout this episode. Uh, next week, we will officially be on the road to Wrestlecade 2019. I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. It's just, uh, where has the year gone, Bob? It has disappeared in front of our very eyes. Make sure that you go to www.wrestlecade.com and secure your tickets now. If you have not already purchased tickets for the Showcase of Champions, for the Fan Fest, for the Wrestlecade Super Show, for uh, the World Class Memories uh, panel, Queens of Combat show, AML Wrestling, there's package deals still available. Yes, um, Not, 
show that night. Uh, John and I are going to that. Um, there is uh, Conrad and Arn Anderson. They're going to be there mm-hmm. uh, doing the Arn podcasting. I've only heard like bits and pieces of the first episode from Arn's podcast, and it's really good. I look at Arn Anderson in a totally different light after hearing yes. one because I know you didn't have such a great uh, uh, encounter with him. Uh, years but, and years uh, ago, yes. Right, but John and I had a pretty good one when we were at the gathering. Um, and, you know, the, the podcast, he talks about how he got started and it just, mm-hmm. um, you know, and how, you know, he got treated, you know, by WCW or at Bischoff, you know, in, in, in case in point. Just some great stuff. I, I highly recommend it. And uh, before I forget, um, George, I'm sorry we didn't get to ask Dennis about the women of honor question. Uh, yeah. I promise uh, I will get I will get an answer from him uh, at WrestleCade, and maybe even talk about that. Um, maybe I can. That'd be a great question to maybe get an not like an interview, but maybe just record Dennis's answer. I don't know. We, we yeah. can think about that. Maybe. And I just had a get break, a which I'll talk, I'll talk to you about it here, uh, later. But um, I got sucked in a rabbit hole and somehow ended up with Jim Cornette talking to Greg Gagne. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about uh, how, you know, when the AWA was folding, Bischoff went to WCW and, you know, uh, Gagne was working for WCW for a little bit. And that was just a very interesting, insightful interview with Jim Cornette. If you can find that, uh Greg Gagne. I met Greg Gagne. He was at the gathering. Super nice guy. Um, talked about a lot of things I did not have a clue about. And he had firsthand knowledge of like the beginnings of like when Jim Hurd was taking over uh, WCW. And, you know, Bill Watts had hired Greg and then he was fired. And uh, it all went out the window from there. But just if you can find that. You want some insight about Eric Bischoff? Listen to that; it was really good. I've caught a couple of the clips. They're usually like three-minute clips on YouTube of of the Arncast, uh, the Ask Arn podcast. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought really totally changed my opinion, and now I'm I'm swayed. I I, I might actually go to try to meet Arn again. I, I've told the story here. I met Arn. 20 some odd years ago when he was with WCW fully in character and the whole nine yards. But the, the clip that I heard is that he was talking, I was trying to remember who he was talking about. I can't remember if he was talking about Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair right after he first broke into the business and working with Rick and Arn Anderson said the word Mark. And he said, you know, I was a Mark for this guy, you know? And I was like, Holy shit, Arn Anderson just said that he was a mark. Right. That, that I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever hear Arn Anderson say he was a, a mark for anything unless somebody called him Mark, mistaking right. his first name, if you know what I'm saying. Right. I never thought I'd hear him say that. So that's kind of totally, totally kind of swayed my, my, my deal of – of maybe, you know, getting the chance to meet him again at, at WrestleCade. Again, uh, make sure that you're going to 
www.wrestlecade.com. Get your tickets now because I can guarantee you, as I have and we have for the last, what, four years now, Laura, five years, <coughs> that, <clears throat> excuse me, it will sell out. The Super yes, Show will. will sell out. There will be standing room only. There will be a line of people that will get turned away from the door because of the fire marshal's rules of how many people are allowed in the main area. It happens every year. People get turned away at the door. I mean, you you will expect a crowd that night of any uh, of over 5,000 people for this show. So make sure that you're getting your tickets. Make sure you're getting your tickets. Uh, something that we're probably going to unpack over the next couple of episodes, but I wanted to bring it up. Obviously, it was big news on the on the social medias this week was the uh, the Jordan Miles shirt that uh, became uh, became a hot topic on Twitter. Not a hot topic as in the store. Uh, the topic on Twitter. Yeah, the the topic I should say on, on Twitter, and and I've. I went back through, and we talked about this in our own our own chat, and I went back through, and I've since looked at, at Jordan. You know, people will know him as ACH when he was on the Independence. Uh, went back through and looked at his Twitter, and a lot of the responses that he that 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 he's giving now to questions, and some of the things that he's said, and I I I, I honestly. I honestly don't know what to make of this whole situation now. I, I really don't know. I don't you know, know what's true and what's not true. Right? What's I, you don't I don't get it. Do it. You know, he was talking about Ring of Honor, you know, and about how Cedric was treated. And, you know, we'll talk about the, the term he used. He called Jay Lethal. And a lot of people might not be familiar with that term but that is like the ultimate slap in the face of an african-american saying that to another african-american um, yeah he and the, he, ca- the he called jay lethal and uncle tom is what he, he, sure what he called him you know and, and i, if, I you, if if people out there don't know what that means then you need to google that because that is like the ultimate slap in the face um it went yeah. I, and here's the thing, and I, I mean, I'm 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 really going to have to sit down with a pen and paper, and, and figure the timeline out. It went from the post about the shirt and the obvious right. overtone of the shirt being a blackface type of shirt, to it went from you know shame on the WWE for you know putting this out, you know this is a slap in the face of all African American uh, performers. Uh, fans, so on and so forth, and it went from that to screenshots of emails to the WWE replying saying, you know, we sent, we we, we showed the shirt, we we did this, we did that, we went with another shirt. Not one of the shirts was ever sold. Uh, to calling out Jay Lethal, Booker T, Hulk Hogan, uh, and then it was like a train wreck. I yeah, think if he'd have just stopped right at the first one, people would have been like, okay, you're exactly right. This is not right. But he went to throwing people under the bus who are African-American, too, and who at some point in their life have experienced racism 
you know, not exactly maybe what, you know, H here has gone through Jordan Miles. But, you know, why are you going to throw people under the bus who would sympathize with you? Right. You know? And then, I, then we go to today, and there's deleted tweets, and him replying about the deleted tweets saying, you know, I was full of rage. Um, yeah, you know, I still – I still stand by the the the, the tone or the uh, the feeling I was trying to convey, but I talked to some people. Booker were cool. Uh, I mean, there's just there's a whole flurry of, of activity on this, and I read I read all kinds of different perspectives and comments on this. Some people felt, you know, that hey, this guy's legitimately got a complaint to WWE. Somebody fell asleep at the wheel. Other people were saying. This guy's just trying to generate press on himself. Maybe he's unhappy. He wants out of his contract. You know, just on and on and on and on and on. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is one of those scenarios where you have, or what's been presented, is so many different versions of one story that I cannot make heads or tails out of the whole thing. Now the latest that I saw before we came on air is that somehow he, Jordan, he being Jordan, A-C-H, has a shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com that if you purchase it, all the proceeds are going to a charity to help with anxiety and depression. And I'm, I'm just, I am lost wow. knee deep in the, I am lost knee deep in the weeds over you this, folks. I don't understand. MVP had told him, like you know, uh, basically, uh, you know, you need you need to you need to give me a call, and he's like, I don't have I don't have your number, brother, and uh, so it looked like MVP had you know, DM'd his phone number to him. I I, I get the outrage. Yeah, you know, I, I totally do. Absolutely, it's just like, holy crap! What in the this is what I don't get. A company that is so particular about every damn thing they do misses shit like this. That's what I really can't wrap my head around. Is why in this, with the whole, with all that that has been in the press and in everybody's attention about blackface as of recent, you're going to let that get away slip through your fingers. That's what I don't understand. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head. You know, and George brought up a a good point in our our group chat about the shirts shirts that are for sale for NXT superstars. And these shirts are very, very, very basic in design. And I, I, I want everybody to understand me clearly on this. I'm not defending anything. I'm only presenting what I've seen. The shirts are very, very, very basic in design. One of the comments that I read said that when the shirt was presented, the shirt was a different color. It wasn't black. The shirt is eerily reminiscent of the old shirt with the Rolling Stones with the mouth and the tongue hanging out minus the tongue. So, right, and I can see it being different. If it, if the shirt were a different color, if if right, if it were gray right. or white or purple or whatever other color, would we have had all of this explosion on social media? 
I'm, and this is just me thinking out loud. Again, I'm not defending anything. Right. Black, black shirts and white shirts are the two basic primary colors, black being the most primary color in T-shirt printing. Most affordable, cheapest, mass-produced T-shirt that you can do. Right. And, and it takes – right. And it takes um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Templates, uh, designs. Yeah. They stand yeah. out. They pop better than on a shirt that say that is, I don't know, pink or, or, or yellow for all that matter. I'm not defending anybody. But it, like I said at the beginning of this, there, this whole thread, this whole course of this last, I don't know, what is it now, 72 hours. Right. There's so much, there's so much there. I don't, I don't know what, what, what happened and what didn't happen. All I know is, is that here's the, here's the thing. It sparked a lot of conversation. It sparked a lot of, uh, a lot of debate. It got a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, about equality. That's the word I'm looking for. It talked a lot about equality, you know, and one of the things in the past, and I've said this on this program, is that the WWE has has been famous in years past of rewriting its own history and the number of African-American champions that have been at the top in the WWE. We talked about that when Kofi won the title. Uh, and it's it sparks some interesting conversation. If anything comes out of this, awareness and conversation, I mean, we can argue all day long until – you know, we're all blue in the face about whether it was intentional, not intentional, who said what, and who did what. But at the end of the day, if it sparks that conversation and gets people thinking, then it can't, you know, it, it, it helped in some way. It helped in some way. Some good came out of the bad. Exactly. Exactly. If that's, if that's at all possible. Again, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure there'll be more on this as, as time goes on, but, uh, Definitely wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, uh, one of the things that was brought up, and I'm sure that we'll, we'll get into this conversation at some point, there were some people that looked at the shirt and didn't see anything. Right, like my friend does. Either, either they were, either that, either it, to them it was just a shirt, they didn't catch the, the overtone to it, or weren't, or weren't looking for an overtone. And but, then other you know, people were automatic, like, man, that's a blackface shirt. And I'm like, oh, right. okay, yeah. My, Two sides of the coin. Right, who is not a wrestling fan at all. I showed him that shirt, and he was like, is that like Batman? Because he thought it looked like the 60s logo from the old Batman uh, TV show where they spell out Batman within Batman's head and cape, you know? Right, I was like, okay. no, not Batman. <laughs> no, um, no, not Batman. So, yeah, it's interesting to uh, mm. to get a reaction from someone who knows nothing about wrestling, right. didn't know what it was at all. So, what do you, yeah. And maybe that, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting point for a person that is not a wrestling fan or whatever. If you showed them that shirt, what is your initial reaction? What did you see? What do you see? Right. And he, that's what he saw. He was like, "What is that? That was Batman." And I'm like, "Batman." And I got to looking at it, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess it kind of, you know, it's it, it's you know, similar to that kind of style." Uh, 
but I don't watch NXT, so I didn't know where they were going with Jordan because I was like, at first I didn't get it either until I started reading people's um, comments, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's not right. No, 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 because I didn't have a clue. What, I mean, he smiles a lot, yeah, and I know it's the whole stereotypical, you know, like you know, when black people are in a dark place, all you can see is their teeth, you know, which right. is totally inappropriate. Right. But I didn't get that seeing the shirt. I didn't know what they were doing with him. I didn't know that his smile was his thing. And no clue. Yeah. I, I, I didn't either, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I knew that ACH had gotten signed. I knew that he had, uh, when, what was it, that, that breakout deal, uh, and was to have a match with Adam Cole. But other than that, I haven't watched enough NXT because number one, since NXT's went on to the net onto USA, we're here doing this on Wednesday nights. I'm watching NXT and truth be told, I don't have enough time to go back onto the network and catch it. I watch what I watch are the takeover events. That's what I, that's what I end up watching. So uh, like I'm, like I said, I'm sure that we'll, We'll get into more of this as time goes on. Uh, again, it just another thing that happened this week in the world of wrestling. Um, you have anything that you would like to add before we uh, call it a night tonight? That everybody out there has a happy and safe Halloween, unfortunately. Um, they're talking about getting three inches of rain here tomorrow with severe thunderstorms not ruling tornadic activity out here, which is so incredibly uh, rare here in the mountains. So I just want everybody to have a fun and safe Halloween. Uh, Bob, I hope, you know, your family does the same. And George, I hope you guys do too. And Dr. Goose. Uh, Halloween's my favorite holiday. So uh, just, you know, happy Halloween, everybody. Yep, happy Halloween. I, I won't check out what you got in your cookout bag. But if you need somebody to check your candy for you, I'll be more than happy to. Uh, Folks, we thank you for listening to this episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. We're here every Wednesday night live, 7 o'clock Eastern time, on every major podcast platform there is. And check us out at www.fnx.network. Be good to one another. Be safe. And we'll talk to you next week. Remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween! (laughs) You have been listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. Listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at From the Armory. We're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network. And we're also available on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.